Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts, innovators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. (laughs) I'm Grace Duffy. And this is the show that keeps you up to date in the world of social media. Are you having trouble getting your videos to rank on YouTube? Are you doing everything right and still not seeing the results you want? Well, we invited expert video creator and YouTube coach Shelly Nathan to join us on this week's show to troubleshoot your YouTube strategy. We're going to be talking about the big payout also that YouTube is going to be offering podcasters to uh, help them expand, expand their broadcast to video and also how YouTube shorts are measuring up to TikTok. So, Shelly... Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. It's a little early in the morning. I'm excited, but I wouldn't get up for very many people, but you are one of them. Well, so. thank you so much. I, that's, I think that was, uh, you know, I, Grace was like, you got to make sure that she can do it because she's got stuff going on. So I'm glad that you, you did it. So if you don't know who Shelly Nathan is, you really should. She, you might know her as Shelly Saves the Day. She is a Seattle-based video creator and YouTube coach. She is passionate about helping creators learn how to share what they love with the world through video and make money doing it. She is the co-host of the Video Marketing Value Podcast. I watched that last night. Very, very cool. And she's also the creator of iMovie Made Easy, a comprehensive online video editing course, and was the senior video video manager and product expert at TubeBuddy. So thank you, Shelly, once again for being here. That was quite the intro. I know. know. Can I live up to that? We'll see. We'll We'll see. see. We'll see what happens. So, uh, by the way, I want to let you guys know that today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Ecamm. And you can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. There's some big news today. So here's what happened. Their new version 3.10 dropped. And there's some cu- a couple of really cool things that came out with this. Number one, virtual microphone. So now what you can do mm-hmm. if you're doing Zoom and you can use Ecamm, if you're using their virtual camera, you can now use your microphone. So you can bring in special effects and all sorts of cool stuff. Really big update for Ecamm. You can also now have uh, Mac uh, OS shortcuts. So what happens like if I start Ecamm, I can turn on my lights automatically and I can go to do not disturb. So that is really, really, really cool. And also they have a ton of different things that you can do with um, these new overlay enhancements. So if you haven't checked out Ecamm for a while, make sure you go to socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. Brand new release today. Go If you haven't, go update because I'm telling you, there's some cool stuff. So thanks to Ecamm. I updated Ecamm for yesterday. Yeah. Yes. That I virtual still love mi- squobbles. 
Love my squovels. Squovels. <laughs> what do you think That's of the update? Call them. What have, I like. Have them. you gotten to play around with it a little bit? Yeah. Not but your yeah, favorite I just updated feature. last night, but the virtual oh, mic thing is actually the coolest thing. Yeah. yeah. So Gary goes. Uh, Gary Stockton, our friends watching over on YouTube, he goes virtual microphone. Holy decibels, Batman! Yeah, Gary, mm-hmm. go check it out. He's a big mm-hmm. ecam user, so uh, he's also a musician. So I'm sure that's going to come in handy to him. So yeah, nice. very cool. All right, Grace. We can, start piping in, we can start piping in our applause, Jeff, on our little pat on the back, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's what we need to do. Yes, we need to do that. So, uh, Grace, take us away. Are we talking about this uh, strategy for YouTube? So I'll let you uh, kick off this first section. Yep. So level set, we are going to start this conversation off with knowing that YouTube is mandatory for your marketing. If you've got a product, a service, you're building a personal brand, hey, it's conference season right now. And for those of you that are looking to speak or present or be part of these uh, conferences that have been, these social media conferences that have been launching or are launching starting uh, this coming week, we, you know, a lot of times, you know, you want to go on there and, um, you know, when, when you're looking to see if like you want you vet your speakers, it's a good way to uh, present yourself and also to position yourself as an expert in your industry. And it's also given that video, what, whether it's on YouTube, whatever platform is absolutely necessary. We also know that YouTube is uh, connected to Google, of course, the best search engine in the word world. No one wants to sit on forums to find out how to do something now. Email is too slow. We really if you want to show up for your customers and your clients and also build your business, uh, video is it. And also, it's not too late to get started. That's a question we get all the time. It is not too late to start. And guess what? All that video beginner content can also be found on YouTube. But today, we invited Shelly on because she is an expert video creator and a YouTube coach. And we wanted to talk to her about how to troubleshoot your YouTube channel if your current strategy is not working for you. I wanted to start this off with saying that you're a potential client, you're a video coach. And so let's say that I'm a potential client and I'm coming to you as a YouTube coach and I have a great niche. I have a great product. Let's say that I, I, you know, I've already developed my brand voice. I know exactly who I want to reach and I find myself at this point where I, I'm doing everything right. I've watched all the videos, I've watched all the shows, but it's not quite doing what I want it to do. YouTube is not meeting, my YouTube strategy isn't quite meeting my uh, marketing strategy. So let's say that someone is coming to you as a potential client. What is the first question you ask them when they come to you asking for to do a video audit? Ooh, okay. So one of the first things that I would ask of any of the people coming to work with me there, I mean, there's two big ones is like, who are you talking to? So hopefully you've ideally um, put out your ideal client avatar and you know who they are, not only their demographics, but their psychographics, what really makes them tick, what keeps them up at night, where are they shopping, what kind of questions they're asking. And then two, the next one is like, really, like, how do you define success? Because some people are erroneously doing it by did I get enough views instead of, did I book a client? Did I make the phone ring? Is my, you know, appointment book full? There's different levels and measures of success. And a lot of the time when you see someone who's like, I don't think my channel is doing all it should. I'm like, well, maybe it's because you have the wrong success metric started and you're not working backwards from that. So those are the two that I would start with. So a real quick question. So there's, 
you know, I'm sure you know this, there is a ton of so-called YouTube experts out there with a lot of expert <laughs> channels. So let's say I'm a brand and I want some help with my YouTube channel. What do I look for in a so-called expert? I mean, do I go just by, they have a big YouTube channel or they've worked with like big brands like Coca-Cola. What do I look for when I, when I'm wanting to find an expert to help me with my content? I think that a lot of where people start is, do they have a big social media following somewhere? Which I think is wrong because I don't know if you've ever been inside of your Instagram DMs or anything like that, but you can buy a social media following for about 20 or $30, right? right? And it doesn't mean that the engagement ratio is correct. It doesn't mean that they've actually done work. And what's interesting about that is uh, there's a lot of fake it and fake gurus out there. I'm just going to put that I'm going to put that out there mm -hmm. um, and how you can start to spot some of the real ones versus others. Who have they worked with? What channels have they helped grow? Do they have any certifications? Are they going to industry leading events? How do they keep up with education? Are they still teaching you things like you really should be doing hours and hours of keyword research to make sure your green tags are ranking on YouTube when we all know that it isn't the most important thing? Like, how do you really like define? Because it's really easy for some people to sell that as a course and be like, look at us. We're going to get all these green ranking tags when it's really just like, oh, did you do a variation of how you spell it? Did you use a long tailed <laughs> keyword? It's not really right. It's not right. really the most. Um, and interestingly enough, some of the best YouTube coaches that I've worked with, they don't even have a YouTube channel because they're so busy in the businesses of other people's YouTube channels behind the scenes. So you would never know. And the only way that you hear about them is through word of mouth of people who've actually worked with them. So I think if you can get testimonials from people who've actually worked with them, if you know that you've seen them um, talking on stages at places like, you know, Vid Summit or places, um, if you see that they're actually in there and doing the work, then you know that's a person you want to be working with. So you mentioned like certifications and stuff like that. Is there like a YouTube Academy that you can go through and is there any sort of certification or is it all um, just kind of, you know, other companies have their own certification or, or whatnot? Interestingly enough, there was a YouTube certification program. And so I was YouTube certified in a couple of different categories, channel growth, content strategy, and um, they have since discontinued the program or actually changed it in such a way where the way that it worked is you would take a certain amount of online classes and, and then you would take a quiz. It was a timed quiz and you had to get a certain score to um, receive a certificate in one specific area. And then you could use this little badge that said YouTube certified. And not only that, the certifications technically had an expiration date on them of about a year or two, and then you would have to go in and recertify. So I was going in to recertify for a couple of these um, certifications. At the time, they had four. They don't even offer these categories anymore, which is interesting. But um, they actually changed the rules. So now the only way that you can get into the program is to have a partner channel manager who then enrolls you themselves and you only are assigned a partner manager once you are above a hundred thousand and mm. you're part of the like content id system so it's now much much harder than it was before and some companies used to be required to also do it to be listed in a directory but they have since like 
since they've deprecated this kind of program, it's really hard. So also anyone out there who's saying that they're YouTube certified, which it is still a thing, but technically their certifications expire. So if they're not willing to tell you that their certifications are expired, because some people I know will be like, well, I'm certified. And I'm like, yeah, but technically it does have an expiration date. Um, (laughs) So if if they don't want to admit that to you, then maybe they're just not very honest. And maybe that's also another indicator that you don't really want to work with them. Yeah. But there was a program. There was an entire program. Yes. (laughs) You need to do the sniff <laughs> test. The sniff test always works for me. Um, so let's say, okay, we, we, we've done our due diligence. We've uh, looked and saw that Shelly has worked with all these great people. She does all this stuff. Her bona fides check out. What are, as a client, what are some questions I need to ask you? Like, you know, like, cause we've all had, you know, people we've done business with when we, we have those, those type of clients and we have the really good clients who know the questions to ask and are on, you know, right there with us working through the problem. What do you want your clients to ask you when they first come in? So some things that I would want to be asked is how are you going to support me? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, do you have any experience in this particular niche? Because there are some certain principles when it comes to YouTube that are universal across everything. And then there are some that are maybe specific to a niche. So if I'm in um, like real estate, there are people that I would maybe trust to look at for real estate YouTube advice, right? I may not go to someone who's doing something um, when it comes to beauty and lifestyle as much. There are still some general principles that they can apply, but if I really wanted success, I might actually go after someone who's modeling it. So I might say like, do you have any experience with working in this field or how do you think you would work with someone who's in this field? That would be an important question for me as a person who's about to spend money because if if it's also something it doesn't align personally, like, hey, I want to help you and you're all about veganism and I love barbecue, like that's not a great, <laughs> right. even if it's a, a food channel, right? All of a sudden, that's just maybe not going to be the best advice. So I would be like, hey, maybe our, right. our values should align a little bit. Also, like what kind of access do I have to you? Is this going to be, you know, something where it's, it's only email support or what are the hours in which I can contact you? Or like what kind of time frame should I expect a response back? Or what kind of um, like measurements should we have in place to make sure that we're meeting these goals? Because it's one thing if it's just consultations and I tell you to do something and you do it or not, doesn't matter, I have your money. Or is it coaching where you actually help me discover the answer? We make changes. We come back and check on those changes and we go through the iterations of was it successful? Did it do what we wanted to do? How do we move forward from here? Gotcha. Funny story. I think it's important, you know, you you mentioned having the right niche of, you know, expert you're going to. I had somebody reach out to me on, cause on Pinterest, she was a, an Instagram uh, influencer and she wanted me to help with her Pinterest and she was a bikini model. And I'm like, have you seen my profile picture? Because <laughs> I just don't think that, and I've been, I've been married for 26 years. So I'm, I'm very smart on that stuff. So I had to pass on that one. So, uh, but yeah, I was like, I don't think that's going to be a good fit. <laughs> And you want to have the right fit, right? right. Because you want these, not raving in a bad way, but raving in a great way. Like I had such a great time working with Jeff or Grace. They were the bee's knees, the dog's tuxedos, the cat's pajamas, all these things. They tell everyone, right? Because that is the best advertising is when you're like, oh my gosh, you have to work with this person. You have to be top of mind when someone says, oh, I need help Mm -hmm. with Pinterest or, you know, whatever else it is. So absolutely. Yeah. And the mankini photos just, they didn't do well on Pinterest anyway. They didn't so do it. They just didn't sorry. do it. Yeah. They, they didn't sorry. well. Did not go viral yeah. like I thought. So anyway, <laughs> take them off Grace, the you, had a, you had a question. Sorry. <laughs> okay. 
Shelly, so when you are conducting an objective YouTube channel review, and we've already mm -hmm. talked about some of the areas you examine and where do you even begin? There was a comment uh, in, in one of our chats here talking about how people know what they need to do. We've gone to the seminars, we've gone to the talks, we know exactly what we need to do. But, you know, there's sometimes there is some difficulty in getting started or even knowing where to start. So my question to you yeah. is how many, like what tests or experiments do you initially set up within the first 14 days or the first 30 days? And, um, you know, as, as you are doing, as you start this a channel review with a, with a potential client. Yeah. So it's interesting. The first few, <laughs> the first few days and everything are just a little bit nerve wracking. And so when I want to work with someone and they're a brand new channel, I usually am and blow their mind because I won't let them publish a video for like at least a week or two when they really need to drill down. Who are you helping? What are their problems? What questions do they have? What are the top 10 questions when it comes to your business? What are people asking when they're thinking about your product? those videos you have to start first. Then we go a step further and we're like, and you're not gonna be able to hard pitch sell them right away in the first video. It has to be relationship-based. It has to be making deposits in a piggy bank before you ask for a withdrawal. And it's it's difficult. And then they're like, but now I have to make a video. And I'm like, oh no, 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 no. You have to make three videos because because we're not gonna put out one video and then just have it be like, let's dole another out in a week. We're gonna do three and then do once a week from there. So you're really gonna have to like be on your game and ready to launch. It's a real launch strategy. But when it comes to how do I look at a channel and what am I actually gonna look at when it comes to someone who's already established, I'm gonna come to your channel, your homepage, and I'm gonna look at your, your homepage and like, do you have playlists set up? Do you have some sort of ordering system? Does your banner, does, is it a clear value proposition? Do I know when you're gonna upload? Those kinds of um, pieces of information. Then I'm gonna look at your content. How consistently are you publishing? And I'm gonna look at your about section and be like, did you you know, actually give me reason to wanna contact you? Do you have an email listed there? What are the links that you're using? Do all the links work? Spring cleaning is a big thing where I will go to someone's channel I'll click on a link for someone's Instagram. This was for a channel review. I offer channel reviews and also consultations. And I clicked on five of their links and four of them didn't work. They went to, and they're like, oh, I changed my Instagram username. And I'm like, well, then why do you have a broken link here? That doesn't help anybody. Okay. And I'm like, if anything, that gives a bad impression because people will click on it and be like, it goes nowhere. It's a 404 error. So it's like, why would you want to work with a business or a brand who doesn't even have a literal presence with a link? Um, you know, can't even do that correctly. It's, it's very easy. So little things like that. And then I'm gonna go to one of their videos and look at their description box and be like, how did you optimize it? How did you put your description? Do you have your canned information about how to reach you? Like how easy are you making it for me to work with you? So that's some of the stuff I'm looking at. So real quick, so, uh, Martin over on uh, LinkedIn asks, so how do I secure a paid YouTube channel audit? And, and we're going to do this at the end of the show too, but I wanted to go ahead and let you, you know, give that information out because we got some people asking. So how do like people get in touch with you, Shelly, to get an audit if they would want to pay for your services? Oh yeah. You can, if you go to my Instagram, there's a book now button. And it'll take you to my calendar and you can book a session with me. Right. And if you, if for you guys listen on the podcast, uh, she has a page set up with all her links. If you go to Shelly.FYI, that gives a landing page and then her, her Instagram is right there too. And so you can get all her links right from Shelly.FYI. So I want to make sure to get that out right now. So. And Very that's cool. Shelly, dot F-Y-I. Yeah. So those of you listening on the podcast, I wanted to yeah. Yeah. make sure, because there's a lot of ways you could spell that. That's I want to make yeah, sure. Yeah, a lot of people true. always try and add an extra E, like E-Y, and mm -hmm. it's not E-Y. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, Very cool. just, just, just the why. So, okay. You and I have both worked on the brand side and we know that we're always testing, experimenting, coming up with different ideas. And sometimes, you know, you do something and it doesn't work and it's time to pivot. So my question is how long does it typically take for a channel to start making positive strides following a complete channel audit? And I've seen some stats where, um, you know, people have shared that it'll take four months of consistently doing something before you can see an uptick, right? Um, you know, I've, I've definitely worked with people that are like, well, we did the one video, why haven't we gotten any more sales, right? Or, oh my gosh, do we keep doing this? When do we pivot? So, yeah. What is a good sense of timing as far as like when we can expect to start seeing positive results, say, assuming we're doing everything you've told us to do? <laughs> 90 days. 90 days. I would, I would wait 90 days. Okay, cool. Yep. That's a good solid answer. I love that. <laughs> yep. So we've got some great questions about, uh, and, and I and Gary brought up a great question because I've had the same issue. Uh, he goes, one of the hardest things he has faced is the ability to add our domain to YouTube. They don't make it easy for large corporations with multiple business units. So can you speak mm -hmm. on that? Is because, uh, And in fact, it's hard to even get a, you know, a custom URL on YouTube. I've gone and they, I have all everything, you know, it's, I have owned the name for social media news live and all this stuff and they still won't let me change it. They want me to add something onto the end. So can you talk to that YouTube frustration a little bit, Shelly? <laughs> There's a lot of frustration when it comes to YouTube, but I think you might be referring to your custom URL. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. 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 You would have to contact them. Okay. Uh, if you noticed, um, you should have now the ability to do a community chat. Mm -hmm. Once you're inside of YouTube studio, I would actually start with chat for okay. your particular issue. Awesome. Um, and as long as you have the URL available, um, they can help you change it. Okay. Just FYI. Cool. So I, I would do open a chat for there. Um, when it comes to linking other URLs, I have found um, similar to where the verification process, not the one with the check mark where you actually have the verified mm -hmm. check mark, but the one where you go in and you verify your phone number and stuff. It's actually simpler than a lot of people think, actually, because I thought it was going to be really difficult to change mine a couple times. And once I put it in with the URL, sometimes they'll ask you to put a little something in the top of your um, like if it's a WordPress site or something like that, sometimes I'll ask something like that to, to link it. And sometimes they've just accepted it on different channels that I've had. So I haven't had too much difficulty with that. But the other thing that you can do is you can always add a link at the top of your um, about section. And then you can display uh, up to five links in your banner if you want to. And you could put something in your channel banner with an arrow that says click here for whatever. And then you could go to your website and link it from there and then make sure it's in your description box of all your videos too. Awesome. So hopefully Gary, that answered your question, but that was a great one. Thank you for asking that. Uh, Paul G over on uh, LinkedIn says he cannot agree more. Broken links are red flags. It's all about the little details. There are so many companies who do not have that stuff. Uh, I did an audit for somebody the other day and they had all sorts of broken links on their like homepage. And I'm like, Come on, yeah. folks. Yeah. So, well, not only that, but even mistakes such as in their about section, they will literally spell out their website details when I'm like, someone has to copy and paste from here. You're making it so difficult for anyone to work with you and you're wasting valuable character limit space here. Like put it as a link so that someone can actually click on it and then put an about section that is actually relevant to you. Why someone would want to work with you, want to get to know you, anything like that is better real estate time investment ROI than what you have here. Gotcha. So real quick, um, 
uh, since we talked about this, uh, the the customer chat option, he said uh, Ian says he cannot find it in his YouTube studio. Now he's in the UK and they do weird things over there. But do you know uh, <laughs> if can you kind of direct him in the right spot to find it? He can't find it in the YouTube um, studio. Typically, if you have more than five hundred subscribers and you had access to the community tab, now you should also have in the creator studio. There should be uh, I can pop in and also follow up with you offline because I am I am going to be on his podcast in the next couple of weeks. So. I'll have an answer for you before that. See with a screenshot. Cool. So, um, real quick before we um, move on to the the next the next section, I wanted to ask you because, like I said, I had stalked your channel and been watching you for a while. But um, you had mentioned recently that you are changing the direction of your YouTube channel. In fact, you had I think it was a post that says, "I'm blowing up my YouTube channel." So, talk to us why and and how you're doing that. Okay, so for Ian as well. So if you are in your dashboard home page, um, so there's your profile picture in the upper right hand corner. If you go over to the left of one click, you're going to see the create button. You go over another click. There's a question mark. Go over another click. It says chat with creator support. And then if you had TubeBuddy installed, it would be to the right of that icon. So that's where I'm looking and it says chat with creator support. So hopefully that's where you would see that. Cool. And it's so interesting when I said I'm blowing up my YouTube channel, I had someone um, come to that stream and they said something like, oh, I'm so excited that you're um, you're blowing up. I want to know how to do that, too. And I was like, oh, wow, thank you for the positive connotation thought. But um, it's actually <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> I was like, maybe that was the wrong type of title um, or the right one. I'm not sure. But um, I have privated probably about 285 videos on my YouTube channel in the last month or so. And that is because I don't want to continue to receive traffic on items that I no longer want or need to be known for. So I was doing um, how to make videos through video editing tutorials and how to do YouTube. And so I even went to a point where I created a course on how to edit videos as well. But I found now that like 90% of my views were coming from things that I didn't want to continue making videos about, which was like how to make a subscribe button and how to do animated overlays and how to do something in iMovie because I feel like I've done that. I've offered it. I've created a whole course on it. And now I want to help people do the next step, which is now that I know how to make a video, how do I use it to propel forward what I want to do and share what I love with the world and still be able to make money. So that's what the new focus is, which is funny because I've always had a special gift of being able to help anyone make money except for myself. Like, <laughs> I, if you ask me, I will like and have a conversation with you. I'll think of five different ways that you could probably monetize something and go make money. But when it comes to me, I'm like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and it's funny, like when I was in college, I was helping people write their um, renegotiations and with job offers, you know, and, and different things like that would happen. And I can help people make brand deals with brands and, and, and like, oh, you should say this or, oh, you should ask for this or, oh, do this. But when it comes to my and I'm just like, okay, so those who can't teach. So now I'm like, I, I should just embrace it. Let's just teach it. So uh, I, I had to make a very hard pivot and decide like, I can't keep driving traffic from, um, you know, 90% of these video views on something that that's not what the true focus of this is. And so, and so instead of making a new channel and starting again, I was just like, we're just going to cut off the water at the source. And so that's what we did. And so we're focusing now on, all right, I'm going to assume you know how to make the video. Now let's take it the next step and actually do something with and make money. Cool. Well, Dustin I think you pinpointed 
exactly why I always work for companies because that, that, that right there of like, I have a million ideas for everyone else. But when you're like, what are you all about? I don't know. I don't know. I, just, I, don't, know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so Dustin, yeah. my, my friend Dustin Stout says it's always harder to turn in a marketing skills to our own business. And that's very true. So yeah. I wanted to know Shelly, you know, how hard was that decision and how long did it take you to make it? Cause I mean, that's a lot of content that you're taking down and that's, and you worked yeah. really hard on that. So how long did that decision process take? And, you know, before you actually pulled the trigger, cause I know that was super hard. Years, man, years, you know, and it's difficult when you're still getting views. And before I was even like, oh, but I'm helping people. And I'm like, yes, but that's not like, I always say like, you can't ride four horses like with one butt. <laughs> Right. right. You know, right. sometimes you got to pick a horse and sometimes it's got to be <laughs> you, you can't ride a, a horse with just with just right. one cheek. So um, you're going to have to pick a lane. And so this is the lane that I picked because I thought, you know what, there are people out there that can help you make videos. And there are people out there who can um, show you how to talk a little bit about TikTok or vertical video or whatever else it is, because I do. I love all those things. And I've always been a little bit of an ADD squirrel brain where I just want to be like, I don't know, let's try it. Here's the new thing. And like, let me let me give it a shot and tell you and report back. And I'm mm -hmm. just here in the trenches. But um, after a while, I was like, OK, you can go out there and, you know, do all of these things or you can go um, really instead of the, you know, the breadth thing you can do the depth thing and figure out if that is going to make your life any better because um what you're doing right now doesn't work so. gotcha by the way how has your audience uh, reacted to that because um that's a big question because i mean you're still doing video you're still in that in that in that field but when you are creating a lot of that content that people are relying you on relying on you for and then you kind of pivot and go do something different or you drill down somewhere else there is that fear i know of like well i don't want to let go of those people but so yep. how did your audience react with when you decide to quote unquote blow things up <laughs> um you know, I think a lot of people, they don't like it and a lot of people don't notice. So the more and more videos that I put out on content that they're not interested, the more that will unsubscribe. And that's fine um, because I would rather have a lot of people rocking with me that really want to be there. And so um, I've also been in a season of my life before. This is nothing new because um, I'm going to make a video, in fact, how I failed my way to success in some certain ways because I have done everything wrong you can think of when it comes to a YouTube channel. And I have so many lessons to like teach and talk about, including how going viral is not the the blessing that you think it is because there was a period of 18 months where every time i put out a video i lost 100 subscribers because for 18 months straight all i did was lose subscribers and so this is nothing new at all and i'm i'm fine i'm fine with it because i've made the decision that it's not the subscriber number that is paying me it's the people who are working with me that actually pay me so so by the way uh, I want to pull this up because this this is coming from your channel. Blaine uh, Lockler says, uh, $5 Super Chat, Shelly's doing something right. This video is the first <laughs> one on my homepage when I shined on. So here's uh, something you made some yourself some money. So thanks, thanks uh, Blaine, for doing that. That's really, really cool doing that during awesome. the show. More, more than I've made on this show. Just, so yeah. congratulations. <laughs> right, yes. I can help anyone That's else right. make money. So you're welcome. <laughs> so so you're, you, I think you you resonated with a lot of people because uh, Carrie, even Carrie Ray says uh, she's a cobbler with no shoes as well. So I think a lot of people feels the same way. <laughs> the funny thing is when you said the, uh, you know, you can't ride four horses with one, butt. uh, it sounds like a Texas saying, but the thing is you actually can't. So like, 
during the COVID lockdown, I bought a bread machine. So I definitely can ride uh, a horse with four horses <laughs> with what my butt right now because of the, the amount of bread I consumed. So I on that said note, before, I was trying to keep it clean for you on yes, your show. Cause I, I don't know if you want me to swear. I, I, on, yeah. if, you, if you were on my show, I would say something about like, you can't do anything quarter acidly. You got to do it with your whole ass. But <laughs> right. I was trying but, to, I was trying yeah, to I, I, thank you half for that. Ass, half thank ass, you. nothing, half That's ass, right. nothing. That's right. Now we have to bleep everything. All this editing now. No, I'm just teasing. That's good. You're fine. Um, <laughs> so real quick, um, Grace, you had a question about live streaming. I wonder because you are, you know, you work for live streaming. So. I always have a question about live yeah. streaming. <laughs> yes. So go ahead and ask me. So Shelly, you uh, do a lot of live streaming on yes. your YouTube channel, but also on Amazon and a number of other places. Yeah. So how do you feel, how do you see that live streaming on YouTube is different than any other, on the other platforms that you go live on? I know we talk a lot about multi-streaming going to one place, but you do kind of have to nurture each community yeah. a little bit differently, but let's talk about YouTube today. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good question. Thank you for asking. So it's interesting because I do have a lot of experience because I live stream on Amazon. Like you said, I live stream on Twitch. I live stream on YouTube. And then sometimes I'll use Restream as a tool um, with in conjunction with Ecamm and Restream out to Facebook and LinkedIn. And just like I'm doing right now with pairs, which is a great feature in Restream, by the way. And I, it is such a different audience. So if I know if I'm on LinkedIn, you, typically I would not use the bad body language words that I've already used. So I'm sorry about that. Um, but because it's, it's, it's a different audience, right? Mm -hmm. And I keep those usually a little bit more succinct and um, on point. If it's something for YouTube, I don't mind hanging out, just answering questions that are coming up. I feel like especially I've been live streaming every Thursday for a year and a half now. Um, and it's every Thursday. And I have a certain core group of people that really rock with me and they tune in every week. And that's the thing is with YouTube, those relationships can go really deep and it's not always, it, it can be a great way to build up watch time, but it really is the place where you're going to nurture the audience that's been with you. Those are your true, you know, thousand core fans that you're talking to there. It's not like the regular video on demand where you're going after, um, you know, maybe search or browser suggested. This is like, it's not that it's just nurturing the audience that you have. So um, I love live streaming so much. Um, in fact, I was like at one point in my um, YouTube thoughts, I was like, I should only live stream and then just pull out snippets and have them be like the Joe Rogan show where it's just like the right. this answer question thing and have that be because I just I love the interaction and the real time conversation that I get to have with people. Totally agree. That's awesome. So here, quick, quick question from Ian. I can speak. He goes, uh, can going live on YouTube harm the channel? People who watch yes. the short and pre-recorded videos aren't necessarily going to watch the live streams. Is there a good percentage of live versus pre-recorded? Great question, Ian. Yes, absolutely. So like I was just talking about, so video on demand, they're usually short, they're condensed, they're um, value packed, hopefully, and they are as long as they need to be and not longer than that, right? And a live stream is really about like shooting the breeze. And if you're doing it well, maybe what you're doing is a presentation in the first half an hour, maybe not a ton of interaction or acknowledgement with your audience so that you could, if you want to chop off the entire last half where it's just FAQs and questioning with the audience and it can still be a very valuable um like almost video on demand and someone who does that really well, I am in all the way he does it is Sean Cannell over on Think Media. Yeah. He'll usually have the presentation first half hour and then 
they'll come back in if they do a FAQ or they could even if they're broadcasting, they will cut off the video, let's say on YouTube and then just answer the rest of the questions on Facebook or something like that. Or then he can go in and chop off some five minute question where he answers something specifically and put that out as video on demand. So if your channel has a mix and has always had a mix or something like that, it can be okay. And you are not always going to see everyone that you see on the video on demand that you're going to see in the live stream because video on demand is usually coming up in search or, you know, suggested where it's, I'm looking for an answer for a specific type of thing. And I want to know just this thing. And with the live stream, people really have to either catch it by happenstance or schedule it, or they really have to be interested in the person more. So maybe the topic, but a lot of the time the person, because you have to be able to stand their personality for an extended period amount of time <laughs> without the cuts. So right. it really is a different audience. Sometimes they overlap. A lot of the times they don't. Gotcha. Very yeah. Very and it can hurt your channel. The, yeah. Yeah. Brian, the UK was saying he, the idea of watching an hour video turns me off, but I'll turn up here every week. And we appreciate it. Notice that Brian, because it's live and we do try to make this more interactive and uh, rely on our audiences, get our audience questions answered. Uh, there's and that's one that's one people why people love live video they like to be acknowledged they like to be spoken to they like to have questions answered in real time and you'll find that a lot of the time typically as well even if you don't get as many viewers the average view duration is usually five times longer in a live stream if they're actually interested in person or topic than it is in a video on demand. So we streamed to Social Media News Live's YouTube channel and like a lot of people here are watching right now live from YouTube um, and and I've experimented and I continue experiments with short form content and it doesn't just, it doesn't do very well. I mean, it, once in a while it will, but um, yeah, so I, I totally agree with your, you know, sometimes they're coming for one thing and not the other. So, um, but I'm not going to stop because people really like it over <laughs> on YouTube. So. Yeah. So we have a question from Michelle. She says, does YouTube penalize you if you put a video on as a short, but then also edit a full piece to a different song, I guess, different piece of content. Does YouTube notice that some of the content is the same and penalize you or is more better? I have an opinion, but you're going to actually <laughs> give me the expert answer. So you you tell us your expert answer and I'll give you the opinion I have. <laughs> when it comes to shorts, I would say no. Yeah, uh, it, they're not going to penalize you. Um, if you put up the same thing with different background music or something slightly different, they're not. No, your audience might. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, but the thing is, I, yeah, oh, go ahead. I, I think short videos like shorts, it, it gets me interested in it. Right. So I do a lot of um, like I spend a lot of time watching TikToks and that's like of people just doing those short clips of whatever it is that they're talking about. And it has actually drawn me into listening to their podcast or watching their live show because it does give me like, oh, this is actually interesting. And you know, or that that 30 seconds earns the next 30 seconds, the next 30 seconds. So yeah. I don't think it hurts because me as a user, I know how I react to it. And it just gives me it gives me the info that I want, but also entices me to watch more of you. Now, you do want to be careful. If you were to talk to YouTube, they would be like, just go live or, you know, just go in the moment and put it out there. And I, I've been in several because um, I'm actually part of the shorts community where they will actually do like these once a month kind of meetups. And you get to talk to representatives at YouTube's and other um, creatives and people who are very successful. And some of them are putting out five to seven shorts a day. It's amazing. And a lot of them are just repurposing their TikToks and, and whatnot. But like there is kind of this consensus of like there's no like too much when it comes to shorts, especially if you are like a shorts channel. But 
keeping that in mind, if you are going to upload a lot of shorts, um, do keep in mind that YouTube has a notification limit where they won't put out more than three notifications in a 24 hour period. So if you plan to put out more than that and you have a long video on demand that you're going to put out as well, you would want to go into the back end of YouTube on the computer and check mark the option for do not notify my subscribers of this if you want to save that notification for a longer form video. And that's only available on the desktop version, not on the phone. So you would want to upload it to private or unlisted, then go publish it from the desktop version, hitting the button saying don't notify people. Very cool. Good advice. Go. So Grace, um, I'm going to call an audible because we're starting to get into short form content and I want to make sure we go to this section about um, First, I'm going to, I'm going to ask, um, uh, Shelly, what's a good tool? I mean, we, we've talked about TubeBuddy. Are there any other ones besides TubeBuddy that you would recommend for people trying to do this themselves? I think TubeBuddy is a great tool. And one of my favorite parts that they have in it is if you're on the version that is going to give you access to all of the bulk tools. So if you have 500 videos and you need to change out an affiliate link, which has happened to me before, you have some um, brand new promotion or something, you just changed your website. Let's just say you updated your social media handle and you want to make sure that it's updated everywhere in all of your videos. You can use a, a bulk update tool that is going to do that basically for you in minutes. And that's, I think, the true like bread and butter, like one of the best workhorses pieces that they have, as well as the ability to test your thumbnails. Um, because if you, it's the best version of AB thumbnail testing that is currently available out there because no one else really has this ability and what they do is they cycle out your thumbnail for 24 hours and then they collect a bunch of metrics this is what you want the information from your audience what are they clicking on what do they like do they like it when you have your face in the thumbnail do they not like it words on a thumbnail or not if you're making certain expressions it's amazing the kind of data that they can pull including things like if they clicked into your thumbnail, how much like video enjoyment, like how much of it did they watch? Mm -hmm. So those type of things aren't available to you unless you're like uh, some numbers guru aficionado doing it all yourself and like they can do it for you. So I would do that in the bulk updating tools. Like they're, they're primo. Awesome. Very, very cool. Yeah. I know uh, Mitch Dong used that a lot for social media examiner's yeah. channel and grew, and grew it by doing all these split tests and, and it, he, he really took that to the next level over there. So very, very cool tool. So I uh, want to pull this up from Gary. And so this is the power of live video folks. He goes, Shelly, I just used your affiliate link to buy that mobile vlogging setup. So, oh, nice. Yeah, so there you go. See, there we go. <laughs> That's what's so cool about our community. They'll spend money. Uh, so thanks, thanks, Gary, for that. Um, I want to go really, and we'll save the news about the podcasting to the end if we have time, because I really wanted to get in this because we had some questions yeah. about it. But it's TikTok versus YouTube. We've talked about shorts. We, we've done all this stuff. Uh, Shelly has, um, I, I, she's, she's been doing a lot of shorts, and she mentioned she was in there, the kind of the creator community. Um, and it's really strange to me because it seems like TikTok's getting longer. They're letting up to 10 minutes now. Yeah. YouTube has had the shorts and I'm like, okay, are we going to ever find out which the, the best length of video is? Cause it just seems to be going <laughs> all over. Um, and you know, there's so many questions. I mean, we had people asking inside of volley, like, should we do a separate shorts channel? Because that's a huge yeah. converge, uh, conversations that's happened over on YouTube too. So talk to us about shorts and what you found uh, successful over there, Shelly. Shorts are fascinating. Um, I think they rolled them out clunkily and um, like quarter buttedly. And um, they really, they didn't have probably a very good plan. I think it was reactionary in terms of everything that was happening down with, um, you know, in India and, and some of 
all of the restrictions that were coming into place and they really needed to release something like then. And so there was all this weird stuff. It was in beta for so long. And and then it was like, how do we monetize this? And what does it do to your average view duration and your own like channel metrics? And should I start a new channel? And it's it's been so messy. And so to this end, I'm going to say something, um, maybe it's a hot take, but I would say unless like, your content is so drastically different or topic or subject matter or something like that is so different. I would not start a separate shorts channel. I, mm. I just wouldn't do that. Um, I think that they will pull out the metrics separately enough, especially if you think about how they're introducing like clips and different things like that. They're, they're encouraging these small little snippets of you. And I think that shorts and stories and stuff like that, it's a great way for people to get an introductory or a sample before then being inundated with the rest of it. So just like Grace said, like I watched a few shorts, I binged a few shorts and I wanted to watch the whole thing. But if you watched a few shorts, binged a few shorts, then had to go subscribe to a different YouTube channel to get different notifications of long form content, all of a sudden you're muddying these waters. Like, am I gonna do that? No, and anything that puts more barriers between you and the person who's hitting the, the button, you don't want. So for me personally, I would probably just keep them um, on the same channel. Unless I'm a cooking channel and now all of a sudden I wanna make um, shorts about how to cobble shoes, right? All of right. a sudden, that's not the same customer, that's not the same interest, that's not the same person. So then that makes sense, let's have it on a separate channel because I'm so multifaceted and multi-passionate, then do it that way. Um, it but otherwise I'd keep them on the same. It was interesting because one of your shorts, you you sounded like one of my East Texas neighbors. I'm like, is Shelly have a Southern accent? And I'm like, <laughs> and I had to go look and I'm like, no, okay, okay, yeah. So yeah, that was- what I say? No, you were like, all know. right, y'all, you know, you were doing something. I'm like, oh, oh that oh. is a short. <laughs> Y'all yeah. is always intentional because okay. I had gone through some training about um, inclusion and whatnot. And so it, it was an intentional choice for me to try and say y'all more than guys, hey guys, or something like that on my channel. So yeah. um, I do get that a lot. Like, are you from Texas? Are you from South? No. And I'm like, no, it's just because I say y'all a lot because um, I want to be try and be inclusive of everyone. Because otherwise, if you catch me on my show, I'll say them like, hey guys and gals. So it's yeah. always uh, this reflex. So now well, this, this was, you were actually, you sound like Gomer <laughs> Pyle. You actually did like you were doing what? an accent. So I, it wasn't, it wasn't just that. So I have to go find that one. Did you just... Did you just take yeah. it through your East Texas filter, Jeff? And I like, did. she sounded normal, but like it, they had to like a little UN translator. No, there. I'm serious. <laughs> it was, she was doing an accent. I'll go find it. Cause it wasn't, it wasn't just her saying y'all. So anyway. All right. We get I off believe you. Anyway, Sometimes, you know, you get a little excited and who knows the, yeah. the Southern. <laughs> okay. The I'll Southern comes it. out. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, yes. Exactly. So let's talk about YouTube shorts as well. Okay. So one thing that I think so fascinating as well, the way that the shorts explosion can happen on a channel in terms of channel growth and audience size. So um, I have a friend, Lisa Wynn, who was reposting all of her TikToks about food where she used to go out to restaurants and she couldn't because of everything happening with the panini. I don't want to say the word and get you. Um, and because of that, all of a sudden these views started blowing up about food and she started making all these food videos. And so she got to 2 million on her YouTube channel with shorts, no long form, just shorts. And so it can happen, but um, a lot of the monetization that would start happening wasn't from shorts itself. It was from all of a sudden later brand deals and from um, the shorts fund, which was later released. And the shorts fund itself is especially interesting because if you think about it, they committed like a hundred million dollars and it's very nebulous about who gets it, who qualifies. And you don't even have to be in the regular partner program to get a payout from 
the shorts fund, which is just fascinating to me because they have all of these new things and countries opening up that don't even participate in monetization except for the shorts fund. And their whole shorts can't be monetized in many, many different situations. So if the shorts, um, which will not contribute to your 4,000 hours of watch time, if they're coming from the shorts shelf, which is different, which is where you want your video to be, because that's where the majority of the views come from instead of your homepage. But if the shorts views do come from your homepage, those could be monetized unless you use the shorts music library selection. And then no matter where the views are coming from, those can never be monetized. So they have all of these weird rules. So you could also take a video that was 15 seconds from Instagram and then put, try and put it over here and you could get hit with a copyright claim um, even though it's the same song that's available, if you didn't add the song from the shorts library inside of YouTube, you could get dinged. And also they've said that <laughs> if your video, I know, right? Yeah. It's fascinating. And then also if your video has a visible watermark from something like TikTok or um, Instagram, it would not be eligible to participate in the shorts fund as well. So you could hit, get hit with a claim. You wouldn't get a payout anyway, but so many people do it. And so it's like, if you don't even read the rules, it's just fascinating to me. And like, what are you doing in your collecting views? The subscribers will count for your 1000, but none of those views will end up counting towards your monetization requirements. So it's just the wild west out here when it comes to um, short. I just threw a lot at you. Um, if you have questions about that. <laughs> So Grace, well, I know you had got one. A, we've got a we've got a theme. We've got like the half butts and the and the y'all. So right. I wanted to know how how much are you repurposing your YouTube short video, the content, the actual video that you're making onto other platforms? Like you mentioned Instagram, you, we've talked about TikTok. How often are you doing that? A lot of the time. So okay. what's interesting is I will um, sometimes intentionally shoot vertically or I will shoot horizontally and shoot um, cut down the middle just so that I can put it onto all the other different places now, whether that's Pinterest, video pins, um, TikTok, Reels, um, like I will put that same video everywhere and you just don't know what's going to happen. So like I have one that is about a coffee pump, these Tarani syrup coffee pumps, right? I put that over on TikTok and it got 320,000 views. It got a repost from the brand and they sent me some syrups as a thank you. I put that same video on YouTube. It, I think it has like 2000 views. I put it on Pinterest. It has like 50 views. Like you just never know what is going to happen. So one of the reasons why I love vertical video so much is once you have it and you have something under 60 seconds, put that thing everywhere and just see what happens. Totally true. Like I made the, I'm on the Facebook reels program. We had Molly on last week. I had a goofy picture with my dog got up to 15,000 views and I made $150. So, right. Yeah. It's right? crazy. Yeah. It is nuts. So really quickly before we get, uh, man, this show is flying, but we got to do a, a part two with Shelly. We just have to uh, with all these I would questions. Love to. We got. Yes. Yes. Um, I'd love to. So uh, this is something I want to talk about really quickly because it is, it's kind of breaking news that just happened not very long ago. Um, but this thing about from Bloomberg is YouTubers off, YouTube is offering to pay individual podcasts podcasters and podcasting networks, if they upload video versions of their shows, uh, the grants could be from $50,000 for, for independent creators to $300,000 for larger networks. So I know you do a lot of podcasting, you do a lot of recording up doing a live show on YouTube, and it takes over to podcasting. What are your thoughts about this? And you know, will this be available to little people like us? Honestly, 
I don't think this is that exciting. And I okay. know like a lot of people would think it is, but here's the thing is shorts is a hundred million dollar fund that was being paid out over, let's say like a year and a half. And, and I wasn't sure if it was $300,000 total, or it could be up to 300,000 per instance, but no total listed. So I mm. had a question about that. I wasn't quite sure because I was like, for me, I just put it on YouTube as one more place. So I have one more place where my name is showing up, but I, I also have found that sometimes if you were to do a poll, the majority of your listeners of any podcast usually aren't doing it on YouTube and it's, you know, Apple podcasts and, and Spotify even, and Spotify is experimenting, especially like right. I host my, um, on anchor and they're integrating with anchor for video podcast. So I can put it there for free too. So I'm already multicasting and putting it on there. If YouTube wants to pay me additional money to do it, it's not going to entice me more. For some of the people who are podcast only, audio only, it might entice them. But I think there's not that many people who are super excited because podcast as a medium by itself is so interesting because you do it while you're doing other things. You do it while you're doing housework or you're, you know, running around, riding a car, commuting, stuff like that. Riding and a lot horses. of the time. Yeah. Exactly. With only one booty. And <laughs> if you have to do that, <laughs> like, and, and same time like it I don't, I don't see it being a that that's that's just my hot take on it i don't think it's going to be that big of a deal awesome so with that it might mind, encourage a few extras but not a lot gotcha well with that in mind do you think it makes sense for podcasters to release clips like little video clips of that you know that question answer whatever rather than yes. putting full episodes on youtube so that's a good strategy right well, I think you could still do both. Um, I think the short things are the ones that get people interested. It's the question about it, it's always about the question that's being answered, because so many people who are watching on YouTube are search based driven and it's selfish. I want to know the thing. I want to know the answer to this question and this query, and I want to have it answered now. And I don't want to wade through 60 minutes of fluff to get to the five minute question that is um this thing. And so yeah. I think that if you can get people interested in it, great. And they want to watch the rest of it. Great. But if you can't, you can still be a trusted resource to answer the question that they did have. And then we're searching for at that time. Very cool. And All Michelle, right. Michelle. Oh, can we ask Michelle? Yeah. I, I want to have one last question. That was the Michelle about the YouTube shorts, because we talked about that and it's, it's very fascinating. And I know a lot of people want to know this. Uh, she goes, okay, pretty much just answered this other question, but about the shorts fund, which you have to be invited to, is there no other way to monetize shorts. You can still monetize it, but the views will only count for monetization if they're coming from your homepage, watch page or something like that, versus if it's found in the shorts shelf where people are scrolling. And that's also interesting because when they look at the metrics and stuff, CTR, uh, which is click through rate, which is how often like people see your thumbnail and how often they click on it, that actually can't be measured when it comes to the short shelf because there is no scrolling capability to view a thumbnail. So there's so many things that don't apply if it's inside of the short shelf. So CTR won't apply. And um, so monetization also doesn't apply. But also if you use music from the shorts music library, it doesn't matter where they view it. You will never get monetized for that. But if you were doing a talking head 30 second video and you had it from your homepage and someone watched it there, you could monetize that, but also keep in mind that with the CPM and RPM on, on that, because there's so little watch time, you would need to get so many views from it. it it's never going to pay out a lot. It, it's going to be like five cents or something. It's just not going to be a lot. Gotcha. 
All right. So if you're so confused about all, like we were talking about CTRs and, you know, watch times and all this stuff, you know what you need to do? You just need to help. You just need to hire uh, Shelly because she's amazing. Uh, so Shelly, where can people find out more about you? Cause you've been an awesome source of information today. You can come to my YouTube channel. Shelly saves a day. You can hang out with me on Instagram, send me a DM or book time with me there. Yeah. Yep. And she's also found at Shelly.FYI, S-H-E-L-L-Y.FYI. Uh, you can find her there and get all her all her socials. Go follow her everywhere. Go, you know, go subscribe to your podcast and leave her a rating and review because that really, really helps um, podcasters get the word out. So if you do that, I would appreciate that. And as always, you guys are amazing. Such great questions today. Uh, you guys are so awesome here in our community. Thanks, Gary and Michelle and everybody who's been watching today. We really appreciate you. Great. Grace, where can fi people find out about the amazing Grace Duffy? Well, you can find me here every week doing this live show with Jeff, and we'll be back next week, Friday, March 18th at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. I've also been checking out that tool, Volley, so that's where you can find me. I, I did a quick little video of what it takes for me to get ready for the show. <laughs> Obviously not enough time, so, <laughs> right. so join us there. And also, thank you to our host, our, our, our sponsors, Social uh, Ecamm. You can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. They have a brand new release that dropped today, 3.10, and it's amazing. We have virtual mic. We've got all sorts of new overlays, new uh, destinations, so many cool things. So make sure you guys go check them out. Once again, you can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. Thank you, folks, so much for being here. Thank you, Shelly. I'm serious. This is just, it blew my mind so much good stuff today. Thank you to everyone and we will see you guys next week. Bye everybody. Social Media News Live.